I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Guitar Nerds is sponsored by Music Nomad, our favourite guitar maintenance tool manufacturing masters. You should check them out on musicnomadcare.com or on social media with at musicnomadcare. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by JD Short. Hello. And Naomi McLeod. Hello. Hello, hello both. Welcome back. Welcome back, dear listener. It's the 16th episode of the third series. My goodness, in a week's time, we were just talking about this before we started the podcast. In a week's time... It's the Birmingham Guitar Show, or just known as The Guitar Show in the UK, because no one who runs a guitar show in the UK can name anything. Because you've got, like, the Northern Guitar Show. Well, that's a different business from The Guitar Show. You couldn't come up with anything. Even NAM is at least a name, for goodness sake. But can't be creative. Anyone. Anyway. Anyway. I'm so excited that we've actually got a guitar show to go to. I know American listeners, that's not, not going to mean much to you. You can't go to it unless you want to fly over and you will be disappointed. It's just like a <laughs> hall. It's just like a social hall, you know, and our halls are small over here, you know, even in Birmingham where everything's big. But nonetheless, it's the first guitar show that I get to go to in a while. I appreciate there have been some, but I'm excited. I'm excited about, about going. Neither of you are going. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, JD- we found we found out you were going. Um, ah, um, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Of course, that's it, that's it. But um, but I am excited about going. I actually haven't really looked up anything about the Birmingham Guitar Show. I I, uh, I think, dear listener, next week I'll probably ask Mikey and Adrian Thorpe to come on the episode, just because I think they're both going to be exhibiting, so we can talk about stuff. But uh we'll, we'll see we'll see if they're even even about or even exhibiting because i haven't looked at who's exhibiting but i assume it's the usual suspects but i hope to see some of you there dear uk-based uh, li- listeners um because we're actually yeah fun guitar stuff and it's gonna be i i, I we were talking about this before we started the podcast but I'm like part, I can't wait to be at a guitar show. And also part like, hey, Joe, do you remember how annoying guitar shows are when everyone plays really loudly and you can't hear yourself think? So it makes it like difficult to actually talk to anyone about the equipment that's there. It's it's tricky. It's annoying, isn't it? You go to a guitar show, you think, and maybe this is just me, but I kind of feel like you're not going to get a good idea of the stuff not even if everyone's quiet are you really going to get a good idea of the stuff not not sounding wise maybe feel on a guitar but not really in a big hall you know you're not going to get a great idea unless you're on headphones so maybe the thing you want to do is talk to the brands about that product and get some info and 
you know, check it out, look at it, things like that. But people just make loud noises instead. That's that's all that happens. This is my yeah. This is my big question: is what I love the idea of it, and I love the idea of. I mean, I always love kind of meeting people I'm working with, sort of in in person, and you know, if we've begun a relationship by mail, then you know, putting a face to the name and having a sit down and stuff like that. But is that really worth it if you're if you both people are constantly drowned out by noise uh, while exactly. trying to make potentially business agreements and developments? Yeah, yeah. Um, are you really going to get other than, other than like the look of feel, look and feel, um, and even at that through headphones? Are you are you really going to get to know maybe the the products that you've gone to see? Yeah, yeah, that I, that is yeah. it. I mean, I mean, for me, like the 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 positive thing about it is that it's it's very similar, I think, to like those massive toy shops, like when you're a kid, if you're or like in big, you know, like the film or something like that, where you just it's just the sheer overwhelming nature of everywhere yeah. you look being filled with things that you're interested in. Yeah, and so. You know, it's like you're in a toy shop, you kind of maybe get a chance to play with a toy, but you don't really know. You just get to look at it and go, oh, they have the action man with non-smooth front, you know, or whatever, <laughs> and and all of that. And you're just like, oh, that's that's cool. Like, I've never seen one of those. And, and I think, you know, it's not the place to sort of evaluate whether or not, you know, this... 10,000, you know, like pound <laughs> dollar guitar sounds better than this 200 pound like guitar, but it is a place to just see all this stuff. And like, like you're saying, like to be able to talk to someone and kind of get a bit of backstory or kind of go through the spiel a bit. And I don't know, like yeah. it, it, there, there is, there is like an excitement and an electricity in the air. Certainly if you're not there for, as long as it is for eight hours and you didn't have to spend two hours setting up and you don't have two hours tearing down into the night. It's yeah. a completely different experience. Also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. Absolutely. Being a punter there is so much better than being a brand because inevitably, like even, you know, when I'm there as like press, I want to go around mm. and I want to meet the pedal builders and the guitar builders. I, I want to, you know, I want to find out the backstory to those things, which is, absolutely wonderful but so does every single other youtuber podcaster and influencer who's there so i do appreciate that the people who are there on those stores have to repeat that story that they've told me probably another 50 times every day but but, but what i'll say is that when it's when it's like a, a press outlet that you actually like it's way better than, you know, so like if, you know, as someone who was, you know, on booths all day, every day for you know, a week, you know, at certain shows, like, it's just, it's a much nicer thing to, to see a podcast you listen to or like a channel you, you watch and follow yeah. come by and be able to chat to them and say, oh, I'm really, I'm really excited to tell you about this because it feels like you're talking to a friend yeah. In a sense, mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, which we all are at the end of the day, like friends and also just generally excited about all this stuff. You know, oh, like, yeah. 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 I, I like how many drinks I get bought. I like, <laughs> like, uh, like years ago, years ago, I turned up at a guitar show and I went over to, you know, now of good good friend matt oram of uh, mm. of of fidelity guitars you know and we went over to his store and he was like oh here you go joe i bought you a gin in a tin because i thought you might be here <laughs> so i was like oh fantastic well that's that's wonderful so that that, that that's always good my, my i think my favorite part about a guitar show is that 
I, I obviously love buying equipment as, as much as I possibly can. Um, and it's fun and cool and exciting to try new stuff. But, oh, because the more stuff I get, and I have a lot of stuff, I get a lot of, like, buyer's remorse. Is that what you call it? When you feel guilty about purchasing something you definitely don't need. I get a lot of that. Mm. And, yeah. sh- and shows they legitimize wanting to make a purchase because everything's so exciting. You're like, yes, it is legitimate for me to come here and spend. This credit card has three and a half thousand pounds on it. Who's got something for three and a half grand? And that's it. Plus you might be in front of the person who made Mm. the instrument. Yeah, exactly. You know, or who designed the pedal. There's that that amazing affinity with talking, essentially talking with the artist um, of the thing. Exactly. God, that's that's made me really glad I don't have a credit card oh, with three and a half grand. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's it's yeah. terrible. It's terrible. It's why, like, when I was going to this, uh, when I was I was booking tickets to go to, well, I haven't actually done that yet. I need to do that. But I was sorting out my, you know, getting up there anyway to to this Birmingham show. I was like, mm. well, I know Matt's away, so Matt Knight's not going to be there. I know Jay doesn't really like guitars, so he's probably not going to be there. <laughs> and I, I was and. I, I sort of messaged Mark. Who's that? Mark, are you there for Reverb? And and he certainly is. He's going to be on the Reverb store. He's there for both days. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. Because <laughs> at least now, when I get carried away, when someone's like, here, we have this five-neck, half-fretless, half-fretted bass where the strings are made out of electrical sheep fence. Uh, and I'm like, yes, this sounds a, like a great thing to purchase. I'll have Mark Packham there <laughs> yeah. to sort of, you know, be like, maybe... You shouldn't although, buy that. Although, if you do see that, Joe, what I'll say is maybe we do some sort of timeshare. <laughs> yeah. Surely we both don't need it at the same time. And, and, no. and then, you know, like I'll, you know, I'll take a, a couple weeks a month and you can have a couple weeks and we'll no. just Sounds... pay it off together. <laughs> You'll take two strings. Joe can take three strings. <laughs> you have two I'll, of the I'll, necks. I'll have the... Yeah. <laughs> I'll take one fretted and one fretless <laughs> thing, please. Excellent, excellent. It's weird. It's it's a fretted and fretless four, eight, and twelve strings. That, I mean, so six necks, yeah. Even oh, that that sounds like the dream. Although now that I've mentioned this, I am interested, and this maybe maybe uh, Stringjoy, you know, Blake, if you're listening. So maybe I'll just message you after afterwards. Stringjoy strings. If you're thinking about something to do as your next set of strings, I'm up for. Like, you know those things that give you little electric shocks? You you know, like those little, uh, you can get little gun mm. games that electrocute you through the hand, just a little yeah. bit. I'm up yeah. for some strings that can do that. You know, you can get like that thing on your, that you put on, on your strap on your back for bass players who don't oh, use the, amps. Yeah, the kickback? Kick, yes, I don't know. It's, it's yeah, r- ridiculous gimmick. But <laughs> this, totally unlike a ridiculous gimmick, I am up for strings that electrocute you a little bit so you can really get into it. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite 
of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That's, like, I don't really know what to say. Well, yeah, well, I just, cause, I mean, Every time thing, you hit the string, you get a little shock. Just a little one. Because, you know, if you had like an active base, you could probably wire the bridge directly to the nine volt or oh, something, that's you true. know, and then you just, you know, and then you could probably do something like you, you know, up your, up your, up my one, mm-hmm. up your yes, yeah. <laughs> go on, <Nope. laughs> we're listening. Uh, yeah. No, just, uh, you know, like up the power if you needed to, to sort of, you know, put in a couple or three, you know, nine volts or something, just kind of give you a little bit. And then that way, as this, as it kind of goes on, you start sweating a bit more, you get more conductive, I'm get more this. of a shock. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I start charging for this. The hotter the show, yeah. the bigger the shock. I'm, I feel I'm like, for this. I feel like if I took it upon myself to try and make an onboard pre at this point in my in my um, <laughs> schematic reading journey, I think I could actually make you the perfect product for what you're looking for, Joe. Um, see, so yeah, we, we can talk about it off air because none of it will be compliant. Uh, you're ba- good the at soldering, beat, Naomi. I am good at soldering. I just don't know how to make onboard pre's just yet. <laughs> I see, I see. Oh, I'll talk about them all day. Just haven't haven't tried my hand at making one. Um, the backbeat was that monitor that I was... backbeat, that was the thing. Have you ever had one? Either of you ever had one? Either I've you've been tr- tempted I, to have one? I, I have been tempted uh, to have one and I have played them. Uh, and I would... They're act- I genuinely think it's it's pretty cool. Uh, in that I thought I definitely wouldn't. And then, again, it was at a show where someone, like, a bunch of people were raving about them. And I was like, all right, fine, I'll go take a, I'll go take a look. And, and I was able to actually try it out. And I was like, okay, I can see how this is, this is useful. Certainly, if you're doing in-ears or you have a quiet mm-hmm. stage uh-huh. or, you know, if, like, if you're in a pit or any of those sorts of things. Or even just, like, home. The thing I don't love about it is that it's, a really hefty piece of kit mm-hmm. and it's it sort of makes it seem like if i were just traveling around as light as possible that you know it's it feels like it's about half the weight it of a base a bit know? counterintuitive to for yeah. the sort of people that would want that sort of thing i see yeah yeah i mean i think it i think it definitely serves a purpose in the same way that you know there are vests that do that and then some of the the iso pads so you can stand on yeah that's that the thing like I the remember. kt platform yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Isotope and Native Instruments have teamed up to create the start-to-finish bundle that home recording guitar nerds have been waiting for. Plus, you, dear listener, get an extra 10% off with guitar nerds by using discount code NERDS10 at the checkout on isotope.com. From the creative spark to the final touch, their new bundles include pretty much everything you could possibly need, which is great because it's far too easy to sink hundreds of pounds and a big chunk of your time into just picking up random plugins. The Music Production Suite 4.1 and Complete 13 bundle contains over 30 intelligent mixing, mastering and repair plugins, 65 premium instruments, 20 plus expansions and over 35,000 sounds. And if that's a bit basic for you, they've also bundled Music Production Suite 4.1 with Complete 13 Ultimate, which gives you everything that makes Complete 13 incredible, plus a colossal library of added synths, sampled instruments and effects. 115 plus premium instruments and effects, 39 native instruments expansions and over 65,000 sounds. It sounds like a lot. It is. It's very good, very comprehensive. And as we've come to expect from Isotope, it's very good value. If you're looking to get into home recording, I cannot recommend it more highly. And if you're already into home recording, it, it really is the one-stop shop for making what you do sound better. This podcast is entirely treated and produced using Isotope plugins, and Native Instruments have been responsible for almost every synth or sample you've heard on our Guitar Nerds jingles. Check out their great new bundles on isotope.com or follow links in the description of this podcast and use discount code NERDS10 at the checkout for 10% off anything in the Isotope arsenal. Have you ever had one, Naomi? Um, a, a bit like JD, I have, um, I've played one several times. Um, an old colleague was, I think he might have been maybe looking to get involved in distributing them um, right. in Ireland. But yeah, so I, I took his test unit for a few rehearsals and gigs. Mm. I really liked it. I think uh, perhaps my, yeah, as I as I mentioned, my feedback's probably similar to uh, to JD's. It felt a little bit too much like a V1 of a, of the thing. Oh, I see. Me. Right, As in, yes. I, I kind of totally thought like... I understand. Yeah, like I, I, I really liked the idea. Um, I really can see the benefit of it in, uh, like you say, JD, with um, sort of in-ears, quiet stages. I'm someone who really relies, like I, there are a few feelings I love more than being stood in front of a very big cab, turned like with, you know, quite driven and uh, and just me coming through, you know, I'm just just love the sound of myself <laughs> so <laughs> someone who uh i know I'm, I'm i'm saying that jokingly but what I, what I do sort of rely on is that sense of sort of spl and hearing or feeling something against my body so i think um in theory it's something i could see myself loving but it wasn't maybe quite uh refined enough for um yeah like the, the weight thing kind of got me and then it sort of got in my head a bit about that and was like I don't know about this like whole additional weight on my back sort of thing kind of made it all a little clunky but um yeah I feel like where maybe wherever they're at now um as a product if if they have changed or upgraded I I certainly would try one again um I also really want to try one of those KT platforms the Porter and Davies one <laughs> have you ever the, tried the, it so these are for listeners if you don't know these are these are literal um like tactile mini step mini uh what do, what do you call them my band used to talk it's like a mini riser yeah thing. like a little yeah. riser yeah yeah uh, it's like a, yeah like a little riser that vibrates uh in line with 
how you play essentially it sends vibrations of your so, so the same thing as the it backpack. sends your signal back it's just that it's not a speaker right it's a yeah exactly it's a vibrating mm. plate as opposed to a uh, speaker cone i guess yeah mm-hmm. i mean it's it would be great if they again had more power and it was much more like you were at like a disney ride or something <laughs> like that like a full like <laughs> 4d immersive experience you know that's um, that's what i want like a mini ramesses revenge yeah. sort of spinning yeah. chair but it spins yeah. as and when i play notes uh, but the boogie wonderland version <laughs> yeah, <you exactly>. know? <laughs> yeah i feel like uh, i feel like you guys both buy gimmick stuff more than i do <laughs> how dare <laughs> you I, I, I don't mean that I mean, in a bad way I, 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 I so that's, a, that's a word to be very careful okay. with <laughs> Yeah, G- gimmick, yeah, gimmick sounds negative. I guess like uh, the uh, what do I mean? Like the unnecessaries. Yeah, I, like, I feel like jo- is jo- sorry. J- hang on a second, JD. Is Joe Branton actually talking to us? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean about unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> I just buy the bases. You guys buy the yeah. fret wraps, the ramps. You know, you you change bridges. No one needs to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like there, there are a lot of like. Those sort of up, I mean, the bridges thing is a stretch. I realize I can't argue that one, but <laughs> but uh, and I've of done that several times of, as well, <laughs> you know, like the thumps and the, the yeah. mutes of those. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I think I really do have, I mean, it's one of the things that I, again, coming back to going to shows, it's one of the things I find most fascinating about shows is that someone will have a whole booth for something that's just ridiculous to me the other thing that is terrible about like the really long shows like nam in that i've ended up with so many things from nam because they were across from the booth i was in most of the time yeah and And, because you're there for so many days you just end up talking yourself into these things yeah like two of them one of them what was the that uh we talked about this for years ago it was the uh uh, the metronome, the the watch, wearable metronome. Oh, the metronome one that Jay, Jay that, that hated it more than anything oh, in the yeah, world. Uh, yeah, uh, I have one. I've literally never used it. Soundbrenner. Um, Soundbrenner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just across from them, and then I was like, oh, yeah, no, I could totally understand this. And I was like, I play by myself. You know, like, I, like, I, a solo thing. <laughs> yeah. And the whole, the big chunk of it is that you can sync up with other people and you yeah. can in essence do like a silent disco yourself which you know would be great if you also had one of the backbeats and and all these things but it's but i ended up getting one and i was like uh okay um yeah uh, it it's chucked in a drawer here if i haven't used it. i think i lost the bespoke charging cable and then now it's basically pointless oh, unless no. i spend more God. money to get one can you sync it with a daw because that's the only thing i can think of uh, that it would be useful like dealing with headphone mm, bleed yeah. when you're trying to record vocals like that that would be the only place where i'd be like a vibrating metronome could be the thing here but unless you can sync it with a with a door i, I don't know if yeah i I, I don't know offhand but I mean, I, it, maybe because I feel like that's something I would have thought would have been nice to have. Yeah, you know, being like, oh, I can, I can feel even if I can't hear. But it's, it's something that the other thing, um, I'll say it just as as far as you know, validating what you've said, Joe, is that I bought a uh, a brass ring that is a slide that <laughs> just fits on like uh, between between, so you can still f- you can still fret normally, but then you can also just turn it into a slide quickly and i was like yeah i'll, I'll get this, this isn't is really that cool, a knuckle it, duster um well my upbringing knuckle dusters were different things <laughs> right but <laughs> it's um yeah I, I don't i don't remember 
probably. There's some variation of it. This one was really cool. The guy sized them right there. But I was just like, you have a whole booth at NAM for this thing. And it, and it it's like a weird, weird version of Dragon's Den without the dragons, <laughs> you know, sort of thing where it's, or, you know, Shark Tank or whatever it is in the States. But it's, it's like one of those things where it's just like... Is is this the best idea I've ever seen? I don't I don't know. And it's like, and certainly when it's, you know, enough just to take a punt on something, it's I like doing it. Hello and welcome back to One Hot Minute, the segment where each week I take a minute of your podcast listing time to demo a piece of gear that I'm excited about. This week I'm checking out another new update from KMA, the Fuzzly Bear 2, a wonderfully versatile silicon fuzz pedal. I love a sputtery fuzz and the Fuzzly Bear does a fantastic job of what I think is probably the best type of fuzz tone. The Fuzzly Bear was in fact KMA's first pedal back in 2013. The updated Fuzzly Bear 2 sees a new chassis with top-mounted jacks, very convenient, and a refined tone. Simple controls, volume and gain, but the addition of a bias control, which is what makes this pedal stand apart from other silicon fuzzes. The bias control allows you to slip between a super skinny sounding brittle fuzz and a big farty gated sputter that I absolutely love. In this sound clip I'm using the Fuzzly Bear 2 with the gain and bias fully clockwise for some wonderful fatness. Silicon Fuzz with a real character and a signature sound. Check it out at kma-machines.com. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. What, what about you, Naomi? You, you, you tend to you've got you, you have the fret rappy things and and bits and bobs like that. I do. Yeah, I'm I'm mad for a good accessory. I think um, I think for many different reasons, and genuinely not just because it sort of became a part of working in the gear MI industry that I uh, really took a shine to. I think for for lots of different reasons, I like the idea of accessorizing um, as opposed to regular sort of jumps in entire instrument. Um, You know, I think you can really get the most out of an existing instrument and potentially save yourself buying a whole new one with an accessory, with the right accessory. You know, Um, you can really diversify what you're getting from kind of your pickups, from your neck, from a stuff like that yeah i think the the fret wrap and the is it called the fret wrap are we 
misnaming. Oh, I have no idea. I don't know. It's, been, no, it's I mean, fr- the hairband gro- thing the, on, on our Groove Gears version right. of them. I don't know if they have a. Yeah, they probably that's probably their name. What, it is. What, it is literally fret wrap. Yeah, it is. What it do is. they do? This is the hairband over the nut, right? What like yes, I see only is. only metal players have them, and I, I'm not entirely sure what they do. Well, the theory is that they um, sort of limit and. Uh, ideally kind of cut out sort of unwanted overtones or ringing out. Um, Some people do shift them up to the nut, so they're like literally sat on the very beginning of the first fret um, and you'll get a far more muted sound obviously there. And then that almost would give you probably sonically what the thump, which is a sort of, it's funny you talked about hair up because I think the thump is sort of like a hair clip. Um, yes. that literally kind of clips on to your strings at the other end at the um, at the bridge uh, so it's like a similar material almost like the the soft side of velcro but a little thicker um, and will clip over all your strings to form a mute at the bridge end but the yeah the fret wrap is like a very very um, subtle version of of same um, designed to cut out sort of unwanted rings and overtones Um depending on how how tight you use it but yeah usually it sits on the on the strings on the head side of the knot as opposed to the neck side of the knot yes yes i see i see okay a a lot of like it really like the first ones do it were the wootens so like reggie and victor and everything And, and it's mostly i think for like it was ways to you know help with muting Mm, and things mm-hmm. like that but then like for the metal stuff now so there's a there's a few different versions it's it's when you have like really high gain there is a bit where the the strings on you know the non-fingerboard side of the nut will will ring you mm-hmm. know certain time if you're hit you know if you're playing so it is it is to control to control that there's another another product i really like is it's a it's the jimmy clip which really does seem like a hair clip um and that's what i have on my my guitar in that because it, it, it that's its purpose is for like high gain um guitars and stuff is to keep keep the those overtones under control which makes a huge difference i can tell it when i'm recording but as far as actually playing you know live and stuff i don't i don't really notice so yeah yeah, yeah well, i mean a, a lot of accessories are to kind of optimize your your recording experience or or like yeah that, not all of them that and not all of them to optimize your live experience, but a lot of them are geared kind of more towards where you need really precise uh, sort of response from your instrument, I guess. The time has come on this week's podcast to hear some gear. So let's check out some of the complete guitar amplification and effect solutions available from Neural DSP and their plugins. We've teamed up with Neural DSP a bunch over the last year or two. Matt and I are big fans of what they do and we'd like you to become part of that. So use discount code GUITARNERDS at NeuralDSP.com for 30% off, a whopping 30% off any of their plugins. Worth noting, you get a 14-day free trial with any of their plugins with no credit card required so if you just want to see what all the fuss is about you've got a whole two weeks on them 
uh, with any of their amps and effects. Now, this week, I'm checking out the Pliny plugin suite. Pliny is one of the most innovative and refreshing electric guitarists of our generation. His distinct sound combines an unusually wide variety of styles, progressive fusion and metal, all with impressive fluency and elegance. Neural DSP uh, designed these plug-in amps a bit differently for Pliny. They engineered his dream amps and effects from the ground up to perfectly cover the vast dynamic uh, tonal range that his music requires. These amp designs were then obsessively modelled with extreme accuracy. The result is three refreshingly new amplifiers, a crystal clear clean, a tight and articulate rhythm amp, and a powerful and defined lead amp. Virtual amplifiers that are not only unique but can also excel in their styles. Here's a track I built using only presets. Presets from the Pliny Suite and a bit of synth in there and drums. Perfect for elegant soundscape tones, super cleans and some great 80s lead tones too. Check out for 30% off any of their amp and effects plugins. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I, I think of like um you, you you're a good example of this, Naomi. Exactly what you said about like taking an instrument and and just, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about super mods, but just just mm. getting the best result out of it. I really mm-hmm. felt that on like the uh we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, but the uh the boss katana bass video that you did well, mm. you brought you you brought your own bass for that you used your own squire uh classic vibe 70s p yes. bass yes I did. um which you know like I, I think when i was doing videos for gak i i just went and i went and got whatever the best custom shop was <laughs> you know <laughs> you know for for every video sort of thing but you like brought your own which is great because actually like half the time you know you get these things out and it's not just custom shops it could be anything whatever i picked like you know the guitars when they sell at gack they go to they go to a tech first because our the storage i say our i haven't worked there for you know 5 years but like you know the storage facility at gack is is uh is kind of in a big open warehouse, so everything gets mm. quite cold. So it's yeah. it's really not it's not great for guitar setups, which is why they employ a tech for every guitar that goes out the door. But that's um, great, though. Like a lot of stores don't have that as no, well, but but sure. do also have big, you know, UK or European warehouses where it's also not that warm. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. But but you know the the my, my 
point being, I'd go and get the guitar and be like, yeah, I'm going to play this, and, and the action would be ridiculous. Or, you know, you, sure. know, you could drive a bus under it or it'd be up mm-hmm. against the fret. And, and the demos would be worse because of that, because I'd, yeah. I'd always be struggling. And it would be an instrument I hadn't played before, you know. And even if it's a guitar I'm familiar with, you know, maybe the neck profile's different, it sits different. I don't know. You know, lots of reason, lots of reason, but it's not a great idea. You brought your own classic vibe 70s precision bass. And man, it, it was great. Like, it sounded great. And you'd made just the right adjustments to it like i love i love that the plate was clearly you clearly polished that right or sanded it like it had a oh it got polished hard for yeah that was a very unforgiving uh the gear for music studio is um it's wonderful it's not that long ago upgraded i think um quite a bit but the uh team in there the video team are amazing and the producer literally was also the pick guard buffer (laughs) <laughs> he oh, was buffing wow. hard between wow. takes yeah wow it was done on set that's amazing <laughs> yeah yeah no it was um w- without it being like um i don't know i uh overly detailed yeah it's it's a it's a very well very well run video studio over there um, oh and yes. it was it was a real joy to film with with the team absolute professional uh make make you at home ers make you feel at homers um, it's, a, it's a very i've only been there once it's a it's a lovely studio the gift mm. music studio very professionally run very at odds i think with with every other guitar shops uh in the uk's sort of video approach uh, <laughs> you know yeah. every, everyone yeah. else is like a you, you look at anderton's it's still like you know obviously anderton's videos like Mick from that pedal show came in and set all their gear up for them and has left it set up for them so they can press record like this you right, know that, that's okay, it their okay. cameras are just there for them to press record on no one's a video expert there you look at yeah. like uh uh PMT and and like Dagan's you know shooting fantastic content but it's him like he's pressing record on that camera <laughs> you mm. know and then shooting a video himself and it was the same at Gaff it was just me and one other fella you know that were putting together all the videos and I feel like Gear 4 has just this wonderful studio it looks fantastic it, and I think the demos come through like that like I feel like I'm getting a really good uh, example of of that product when I watched those videos, but yeah, it looked great and yeah, unforgiving on that on that P base. You could see every every detail on it. Guitar nerds are teaming up with Music Nomad, and I, I really think nerds, you need to check out musicnomadcare.com. We've spoken about all their wonderful guitar maintenance products on the podcast, and, and I really can't emphasize how important it is to look after your gear and how easy Music Nomad make that for you with things like their, their how-to advice center and their setup hub. Music Nomad have been around for a little over 10 years, and in that time, they've become one of the most recognized brands for guitar tech gear. They're available worldwide in every guitar store you can think to name, and it's for a good reason. All their products are professional-grade quality. Every tool, and even the cases the tools come in, are designed for proper, rugged, on-the-road use. Make sure you check out what all the buzz is around Music Nomad, as they are redefining and raising the bar for equipment care. Learn more at musicnomadcare.com, or follow them on social media with at musicnomadcare. It, yeah, absolutely. Um, but just to get back to sort of my reasoning for choosing that and not, obviously, um, you know, any of the superb custom shop level uh, instruments I would have had access to was, as you say, I it it was a pretty nerve wracking demo. You know, obviously um, doing a demo for a company is 
big and renowned as boss, I was really keen to to kind of give it give it my best. And um, I suppose not being quite as sort of starstruck by um, by you know things like the best you know the the best instruments in the store anymore. I thought to myself the best demo will happen with an instrument that I know inside out. Um, The other instrument I know inside out was too specific sounding. That's the first Bronco that I have with the, with the Sarek B90. Um, And it it didn't really seem quite correct to, to demo uh, such a versatile sort of uh, mass produced, um, you know, mainstream product as, as boss are, um, are obviously aiming for the, for the katana to be with with such a specific instrument so the even with its mod of the aguilar 60s pickup i thought the um the squire classic vibe was was the best shout for it oh definitely and those aguilar 60 like you know the a 60 style precision pickup is is the quintessential precision pickup i feel um yes. so you, you know it's yeah. the most balanced it's more balanced than the 50s-esque version so it's mm-hmm. you know it's a great pickup and and it was such a wonderful mod. To, have you changed the bridge on that on that bass as well? No, I no, haven't. I've changed just... changed the nut on that on that. Oh, bass. you put a brass nut on. Got it, Got a right? brass nut put on, and I also got the neck sanded because I have a very strange relationship with glass necks. I see. Um, I'm very happy for other people who have glass necks. Um, <laughs> I'm not so happy for myself with glass I necks. See. Um, yeah. So that was um, that. That was the most recent mod there was getting the neck sanded and nice. a brass nut put on. And just to seg back nicely to accessories, I th- I'm pretty sure. Did I use my comfort strap? I oh, really, yeah. I, I really, I really only... noticed the strap that you had. It was very thick and very cool looking. I was like, that is a damn good strap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then it probably was the comfort strap. It's like the comfort strap's probably my favorite accessory what, what of all time. What is the comfort strap? The comfort strap with two P's, um, very important. Um, I'm not sure how long they've been around or where they're based. I think they're a US-based company. JD, you might help if you've heard of them. Mm. Oh, Um, their comfort straps are available on Base Direct in the UK. So they're definitely, Mm -hmm. they're probably American because Base Direct are like the one-stop shop for American import stuff. Right, okay, okay, well, there you go. Um, But yeah, the comfort strap is a layered neoprene-wide strap um, used by many bassists. I'm not sure if it's always been marketed as a bass strap. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure if you guys even know this, but many years ago, the one injury I've ever had was I broke my collarbone, uh, oh, my left not, collarbone, exactly where a guitar or bass strap goes. <laughs> and it was, yeah, it was a very bad time uh, for a long time. And I at one point worried uh, whether I'd be able to kind of stand up and play long gigs. Oh, uh, mate in future and with thanks to the sort of ergonomy and movement that the comfort strap allows uh that was possible so yeah anyone who's ever struggled with shoulder collarbone weird pain or issues around where a strap would sit i would recommend trying if not the comfort strap then any of the many neoprene elasticated wide straps that have sort of been designed uh under its influence, I would say. Hmm, I see. Tip top I, accessory. I, I'm looking at them now. They they look good. They look good. JD, do you know? I if can't I believe can you've have... not seen these, Joe. Well, have I, I have not. I have not. I have not. I do have I'm... like I have a wide strap that's very comfortable. I can't remember who makes it. I think I got it off of Toman a little while ago, and mm-hmm. it's like a, it's like elasticated, 
uh, slightly, which was supposed to help with heavier basses. Yes. Um, yeah. Which, of course, doesn't work because it just means that the, that the instrument just bounces around, which is ridiculous. But because I lock my straps under my arm, that's how I define them. I tighten it up mm. until it's pressing into my armpit. So it kind of locks oh, it there anyway. Okay. So okay. that so this kind of fine. So I, 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 do, I, I do like that strap I have, but this looks pretty good. And they do... They do a short strap, a long strap, and an extra yes. long strap. Yes, and their short do. strap goes down to 33 inches, and I require 34. So that is actually oh, short enough yeah. for me. So that is... A find. That a is, find indeed. Wasn't right. expecting that. No, JD, do you know if I can actually buy this? I think you can, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm checking if it's got any any meat products on it. Dear yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, I, I, sure. I, I think it is. I think those are fine. Um I'd have to double check because, again, like the only thing with like most guitar straps, leather ends, and, and mm. or like just men's shoes anyway. There's always like Ugh. the cheapest shoes you can get in a you know cheap shoe shop will be it will still be like ooh genuine leather. And be like I promise you that isn't leather, and I don't want that. Whereas like <laughs> yeah 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 I I think these are all right. The and again just just since we're talking about weird things um groove gear also makes they have a i think it's called the duo strap which is basically two straps yep um that a lot of my a lot of my friends use is this um, is this jd the same one that sort of makes a v out, oh, like yeah. across <laughs> yeah, yeah almost like a reverse yeah. rucksack sort of thing that's such an awesome idea uh, jack white famously had a rather cool one of these at one point uh, he used mm. to wear. He used to wear something. It was. It was a bit like this setup, but it looked. It was like a proper sort of leather, you know, gun shoulder holster thing. I remember watching him at Reading, and he would swap out guitars uh, on the same strap. It was like the guitars could be removed mm. from the harness on him, and I was like, oh, "That's quite cool. That man is cool." Um, Speak, speaking. Well, sorry. No, but just speaking. Speaking of cool guitar straps, I just saw Shellac this weekend, and Steve Albini sort of famous. Yeah, sort of famously has like a guitar strap that's really just like a belt, and that he his guitar attaches just like with a a belt that like wraps around, so he he doesn't have anything over his shoulders. And oh so, wow! I didn't yeah, know he's, that. But... He's had that for decades. Oh, I, I've <laughs> never noticed. I, I... yeah. It's been to see shellac and i listen yeah. to shellac a lot i've never noticed this but now i'm looking at just pictures of steve albini playing and yes that is quite clear there is i've just never seen that yeah yeah i, I always I, I, it's the thing i forgot about and then i saw him i was like oh yeah that's that thing <laughs> so. it's so ridiculous why does he do that there is no advantage to this idea whatsoever <laughs> this is terrible but, yeah, yeah I think he even had. I can't. Know, I don't. I can't remember if it was like back in you know big black days or stuff too. But it's. I think there's very old photos of him with just. Yeah, just just uh, a I, guitar belt. Yeah, I'm looking yeah. at yeah. a very yeah. old photo of a very thin Steve Albini still playing with a with a strap round his waist. So clearly, this is a thing. I just wasn't aware of it. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Well, there you go. Sure. Very um, ridiculous. That's reminding me just seeing like nothing it's it's weird isn't it like visually seeing nothing on the shoulder that <laughs> yeah. uh, the guitar is being held up by it reminds me of are you guys familiar with the fearless flyers it's like the, one of the newer super groups of the um of the sort of wolf pack 
uh, oh yes group yes, of course yes <laughs> and by group i mean that in the business sense like all, mm, yes. all of the many the, bands. the the infinite joe dark cory wong bands th- those ones yes yeah. <laughs> yes indeed with um who is on drums is it nate smith it's I, nate yeah I nate's on drums yeah. yeah yeah um quite the conglomerate of incredible musicians but um yeah so between oh mark sorry how could one forget mark latiri is also in fearless flyers um Huge Mark Letiri fan. Um, yeah, but Mark, uh, Corey Wong and Joe Dart share these quite unusual guitar stands that uh, almost like a like a boomless mic stand that just mm. hold the guitars and bass at a waist height. Have you guys seen them? Oh, I have you seen not. Them, Joe? I've, I've only seen those for acoustic guitars. Like in right. the, uh, the No Doubt Don't Speak video yeah. and whatnot, where I think they go up and it's like, boom. Oh, yeah. I've just found a picture. Oh, yes. Yeah. Very good. Like, um, whatever uh, they're using for them are like, they're quite sophisticated because you can't, I don't think you can see any of the stand from the front. No. Um, yeah, very neat. But I would, I, I don't know, I'd like to see a polymath gig where like you all use those <laughs> instead. <laughs> and yours has to be specially modified to of like course. be tall enough. <laughs> To be at chin height, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like the right height for Tim, anyway. Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I am, I am only like, I'm, I'm like five foot eight, so it's actually not that. Uh, it wouldn't, wouldn't have to be that high. It'd be fine. I, I, I tell you what, I'm on the lookout for on on this sort of thing. I'm still trying to find, and I've actually like even spoken to a, a friend who uh, builds things about making one, but the telescopic. Um, base to a uh, telescopic pole that goes in the bottom of an EB1 um, base. Mm. Oh, like a, yeah. dear, dear listener, I'll just I'll refresh you on that if you're not sure. So I've got an Epiphone EB1, which is is pretty rare Korean uh, Epiphone base, which is based on the EB base, the first ever Gibson base that they made, which was essentially a violin shaped like a Hofner violin base, but it's solid. Jack Bruce. Uh, famously played one and it just has one of their big mud buck mud bucker pickups in the neck but because it was made at the start of i can't remember when 53 something like that shortly after fender had released the the first precision bass but because there was no established bass thing at the time and because most people in in the you know certainly throughout the 50s most players were still using acoustic basses rather than electric basses Gibson tried to bridge that gap by making their electric bass be able to be played conventionally like the Fender Precision bass or it had a telescopic pole in the bottom where your lower uh, strap button would be. There was a telescopic pole that you could that you could pull out or maybe it attached separately and then you could play it like an upright, which I think is the coolest thing in the world. And you can't find these basses anywhere. So when I found one for like 150 quid like four or five years ago, something like that. Um, you may remember, dear listener, if you've been listening for that long, um, that I got Sunbear pickups to make a really lovely mudbucker pickup for it. Because, of course, the, the Gibson mudbucker net pickups are terrible. They're, they're terrible. They're terrible on Gibsons. They're terrible on Epiphones. They don't sound good. But, of course, um, Sunbear make fantastic pickups and they made a really lovely replacement for me. But I still want that telescopic pole for it. I'm still looking for it. I might, hmm. I might, I might see if and, I can get someone to make one, but we'll see. Yeah, have you looked up like actual cello end pins? Uh, but it, would it be tall enough to stand with? You've got to, like stand with it. It's, it's got to be such a specific height. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose. I, hmm. I wonder because because Ibanez made um, 
a similar but base recently that might be worth looking at. And did they like like well, NS Design has their Omni base, which is like the thirty-four inch scale uh, upright or that you could play upright or horizontally, and it's got the the curved fretboard like an upright. It's right. Basically, um, <clears throat> it's basically an upright, but in electric bass mm. guitar scale. Um, and I feel like there was something similar that Ibanez did. I think this is the other thing coming back to shows is that Ibanez has is always the best place to go because you will see things that that definitely seem like they're completely done and are going to be on you know like in the market in two weeks and you will never see them again like nothing is ever <laughs> like there's like stuff that you're just like it's n- nothing's ever treated as a prototype it's basically just you'll be like oh yeah it's definitely going to be there i'll check that out in a couple of weeks and see if see if see if you can get one nope um but they did a base that was quite similar and i think it had an in pin but i don't know Ooh, if it's i don't i don't know if it it, it may it may have just had a stand but i remember Again, it was one of those things. It was a near a booth near I, where I was at a show. That, <laughs> that semi photographic memory where you've got yeah, some of well, the info. There was it, also there was also that Takamini bass that we talked about on one of the early bass guitar nerds podcasts, the TB10. Yeah. Oh yes, I remember. Yeah, they, the, they the go, bass gallery has one now. They they do oh, really? for an annoying yeah. amount of money. I think. Mm. As always. Yeah. yeah. Well, too, too much money. <laughs> Funny that you mentioned Ibanez, because I was trying to think of what it was I was thinking of when, when we mentioned the stands earlier. But of course, Paul Gilbert on his he released his PGMM thirty one, I think it's called. The uh the the mini uh version of his fake F hole super strat mm. guitar, the tiny version. And live he would have that mounted on a similar stand so that he could play his normal guitar and then reach o- reach o- over and play the uh play the mini guitar but and it would just sit on a on a stand permanently throughout the shows but yes i i are definitely good for for the weird things mm-hmm. yeah and i just i just looked and that's the the bass i was thinking of i think is the is the u UB804, but it doesn't attach with an in-pin. It attaches with a stand similar to the the NS upright that I have. I see. So, I see. Sorry, it's, so the, this stand basically screws into the back of it. Ah, uh, yes, yes. Like, I know yeah. exactly what you mean, yeah. yeah. Well, the hunt is, hunt is still on. I'll, I'll, I'll get mm. there. I'll get there at some point. Um, anyway, I wanted to talk about, JD, you you actually purchased a new instrument um this this week this week last week something like yeah, that some sometime uh i was i was inspired by your rickenbacker saga <laughs> and and then caught the bug and got doing it yeah uh, again it's mostly um yeah I, I don't need to really set the stage for why i bought a guitar um everyone <laughs> everyone here understands uh yeah so i finally ended up uh dipping back into the aluminium necked uh, base world. Yes. Uh, I found I found an old uh, in the states, which is really what I was looking for because I don't want to. Uh, I'm not looking to fly with things at the moment, mm-hmm. uh, at least on the way there, because I have gigs and stuff. So I found a base in the states, and I was like, "Well, this will just be easier." I told myself. So uh, ended up getting a Kramer. It's the DMZ because it's the states. DMZ. It's the four thousand one. So it's the it's a nineteen seventy nine uh P bass style aluminium neck um with just a single P uh in it, 
which wasn't really my sort of dream. No, you want the one, you want the one with the two humbuckers. What what's that one called? That was the the 450B. Oh, yes. Is the one that that was that was the one but it was one of those things where the ones that are available at the moment because it's the other thing with wanting 40-year-old aluminum necked bases is that there's only a few of them available at a time usually and the 450Bs that are available now are either silly money or just really kind of weren't the right thing like they'd been modded in ways I didn't want or it was just it just it wasn't going to work out and then yeah. I was, was thinking I I also just really want a just a single P base you know so like cuz mostly what I want is Again, I mentioned I just saw Shellac, so really what I want is a Travis Bean. But it's is wanting to get something like that, but wanting something quite different than my Stonefield if I'm going to be, you know, if this, the Stonefield does everything I want recording-wise, so I need something, I wanted something a bit different to it and, and a bit different to the Bronco, so it's sort of pretty much everything. This is um, an excellent choice for that, for like a punchy, aggressive simple yeah. instrument mm-hmm. i think to have an aluminium neck instrument as well is um it's a, yeah really nice string to the bow in your collection yeah i i think it's it's just i've always loved them and mm. i've never really never really gotten on board with it and it's it's the thing like we were talking about with the rickenbacker that it's it's they're only getting more expensive yeah and yeah, i have that sure. like some some like monetary amount in my head of what i think they should be but it's based on what i almost paid 20 yeah 25 oh, years exactly. ago yeah you know yeah. <laughs> and and it's like and i found one that was um from a good place for pretty for the cheapest that i've seen one in a long time and i was like you know i'm just i'm just gonna do it it's you know th- this will be the right thing and it's it's more of the it's the lighter wood, so it's more maple. Yeah. Look, I'm nice. not sure if it's. I don't. But it, know it what has the like like seven lines of other wood running through the middle, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's one of the ones that, that looks looks like it's it's a neck through if the neck were made of wood, but it's not. You know, it's just a bolt. So the, the body blank is has is treated like it's a neck through, but they just chopped off the neck and put an <laughs> aluminium neck on it. <laughs> yes. You nice. know, kind of thing. But it's it's that same sort of thing where I just. You know, it's it's a 1979, so it's still when things were kind of starting to be new, you know, and, and everyone was still sort of figuring out like what the new the new standards were going to be. And I just I really like the shapes of them. They're uh, very familiar, like familiar P base, but there's a bit more. I don't know, like they kind of look more bubbly, but not yeah. in a sense like the like the. Padula bases from like the nineties, you know, you would see like those seem like exaggerated like water drop kind of things. But yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the two just... horns seem to have nice nice nicer styling than the sort of super standard P body, I think. Gives them a bit of character. Yeah, I yeah, I'm just I'm really I'm really excited to, you know, meet it uh, <laughs> in a couple of weeks when I when I go. But then the other thing, which I don't want to distract too much, that I saw that was uh, just coming out is that because um, it, it has it has a DiMarzio pickup in it already, so good classic that era, very like best pickup of that era, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but DiMarzio has like new like the Billy Sheehan like um, wow, what are they called? Like the the 
like metal covered ones that have uh, i sent it to you joe i can't remember yeah 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 now. i can't remember that um, but i, I know yeah but i think that's going to be i i may put one of those in it we'll see well we'll see uh, i mean that is a good pickup that that demi- certainly for that time period i feel like every yeah. single person you know and their siblings uh replaced whatever pickup was in their base with demarzio they they were definitely flavor of the decade for the 70s yeah. and it's cool because it'll they're the cream covers, which were they were probably white covers, which will now be, you know, <laughs> a, like nicotine creamed. So, you know, just be, yeah, excellent. You know, it it's it dinged up has has forty some years of abuse on it. You know, and but not loads. Very so. cool. Yeah. How, how much did you pay for it? Um, I got it for I to remember, but. Uh, it was in the sevens. Oh, really? So, wow. Yeah. In in yeah. pounds. Pounds. Oh, yeah. Right. That's that is very good. Like you know, yeah. I, I'm looking on Reverb now, and it's like there's one on Reverb in the UK for, for twelve hundred. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is what I expect to see them for. And you know, talking about those four fifty Bs, I, I thought about getting one of those for years, and I remember them being eight hundred, nine fifty, yeah. maybe a grand. 1400 quid is the only one that's on there now yeah. and they're rare I, enough that he'll get they will uh, get that that money for it yeah well i mean if i if i had it and really wanted to do to re if that was the the one i really wanted i you know probably would have i i would probably do it but it's the thing is that even a couple years ago there was one there was one just down the road from me that was that i saw on reverb that was I don't know, 1100. And I was like, mm, I could probably talk them. Like, that seems a bit much. I could probably talk them down. They were moving to the US and I wanted to be like, oh, interesting. Uh, do you want to, <laughs> do you want to just like, that's the only reason they were downsizing. I was like, well, I'll, I'll swap you a bunch of pedals and stuff to make it a reasonable price. But yeah, I just, I never did because I was, also didn't need another bass then. But, <laughs> you know, now I'm in a punk band that does show, so I I need a different bass. So <laughs> that's what you're telling yourself. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we all we all know the first rule of punk is the more instruments, the better. Yeah. In, in every punk's personal collection. Yeah. I mean, it's great because you know, like I I have all all my stuff. I I find is like pro level, like top, you know, top drawer kind of stuff. Mm, but mm-hmm. but Matt um, Matt, the guitar player in the band. Uh, really loves his Harley Bitten like Strat. Yeah, and, dude. Yeah, it doesn't have much, you know, and, and it's just like really into keeping everything as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of the reasons I ended up with, you know, like a pedal train nano as a, po- well, that and flying with a massive pedal board. But I was just <laughs> like, I was just like, well, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to try this. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to be in a punk band with, you know, yeah, like custom shop you know high-end bases and i mean everything else i you know i the rest of my rig is eden and nash down and stuff so you know i'm not exactly you know slumming it with you know whatever whatever the no, cheapest backline is but it's yes yeah, yeah, i think it's i think it's going to be a pretty sweet setup i'm stoked to try it awesome yeah. i wish i wish more wish more amp amp companies in particular would align themselves more with punk specifically Unless there's unless there's very big obvious things, I'm. Would you mean like relic amps? <laughs> no, like <laughs> I just feel like uh, punk, and particularly like super duper DIY, really scratchy sort of three chord punk. Um, not 
yeah, I don't know. I've, I'm trying to make a comment on my general uh, experience of looking through. Do you um, think that's specific to catalogs. bass players? Or, a little you... bit, yeah, a little bit. I, think, I, I do um, feel like the successful bass amp brands or the big bass amp brands at the moment, the movement tends to be, it feels like it's towards this very sort of crystal clean clinical mm. look and sound. Um, Th- that's exactly what I'm kind of getting at. Yeah, I feel like there's a very aesthetic uh, genre that is is being most heavily chased at the moment. Yeah. And I'd like to see more punks. God damn, always. so would I. So would I. It's always mm. the best sounding stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm biased. Um, I'm <laughs> sure Jake Ross would be biased if he were here as well. <laughs> what uh, does Jake Ross play, actually? I, I don't know. Oh, he still borrows like Mark Packham's <laughs> um, uh, first generation Mark bass, Little Mark. So when they were solid, really? when they were solid mm. state. So he has that. I think it's one of those things where Jay, it's it's been at Jay's house since mm. I've known the two of them. And, and Mark asks for it back all the time. And it's, it's <laughs> it always says, it. but, yeah. but Jay, I, I Jay also gigs an 810, an Ampeg 810. Um, mm. Wow. Which, okay. which is ridis- ridiculous. But I mean, you know, also the guy's six foot three, you know, so it's fine. Like you can. Is Jay six foot three? Yeah. 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 He's, he's a big guy. Is that a joke? Is no, he actually six no, foot yeah, three? No, yeah, he's six foot three, yeah. I, is that, just, it's the voice, isn't it? <laughs> do you ever just not assume something <laughs> yeah. so fundamental uh, of someone and then you hear that and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, so every one of our listeners ever has has always yeah. been... Every time I put up like a picture where there's like me next to Jay Cross, because of course he's 6'3 and I'm like 5'8. Mark's like 5'6. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so whenever there's a picture of us all together, everyone's like, people are like, I can't believe that's Jay Cross. This is wild. <laughs> well, I mean, it's brilliant for me. It's another, another friend who I can... Because I become six, I'm 5'10". Right. So if I wear my actual kind of choice of going out shoes, which is usually like absolutely massive, gothy platform <laughs> heels, I become 6'3". And then, you know, I, I sort of don't bother a lot of the time because yeah. I, I don't have many mates who are around around that height. So uh, I'll, uh, I'll be sure to pack them for whenever uh, myself and Jay. Yeah, and, there you go. and I'm sure you guys have uh, have our eventual meetup yes yes I'll, I'll have to do the same to get and you're, yeah you're gonna shoes. have to pack your goth boots as well <laughs> yeah. in Actually, order to retain uh in order to retain yeah. relative height to me it's gonna be joe and i looking like we're the worst <laughs> side act at burning man or something <laughs> <laughs> i'm like you know, like stilts just <laughs> i'm down for that that's cool that's cool yeah, yeah. it's perfect and then we can have a we can have a game of base. Who wore it best in, <laughs> yeah. in uh, occasion so, footwear? I did. So this is totally separate. I did. I saw recently there was a German artist that threw a party, and they had different size sort of platforms for everybody, so that everyone at the party was the same height. Oh, I saw and, that. Yeah. yeah, and I was just like, I was like, huh. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, and just, you know, about the, you know, the dynamics of like body, you know, w- and everything. And I was like, oh, that was neat. Yeah. I wonder, is that the same person? There was the the one I read about was, um, it was, it was a party, but it also was sort of performance. Sorry. It was an art yeah. installation in itself. Uh, like, yeah. I said party because there was wine. So right. <laughs> I just assumed, 
I just assumed party. Yeah, it was art. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, sure. sort of like a social. <laughs> the social the art in party was capitalized. <laughs> oh, so, sure. You know, cool. Yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, it was like a social experiment sort of thing. I find oh. that sort of thing very interesting. Ah, very cool. Hmm. Very hmm. cool. Now we 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 are dear listener coming towards the end of this podcast. And we've got a whole bunch of other... We, we barely scratched the surface. In fact, we've virtually spoken about nothing on this uh, on, on the list, uh, for today. But there is one piece of news that I really want to get into, because I'm sure we'll talk about a bunch of this stuff on the Patreon. But there's one piece of news that I really don't want to miss off of the sort of main episode, and that is Gone Fishing Effects's new... Effects's? Effects. Gone Fishing yeah. Effects Special Edition Grim Germanium Fuzz Pedal which they're calling a square wave doom machine. So Gone Fishing, Gone Fishing Effects, super cool company. Um, they made the boom blast. Well, I mean, they made it. They designed it. In fact, Ashdown uh, put that put that pedal together. I got to sort of, you know, be somewhat involved in that and designing the marketing for, for that. But Gone Fishing Effects um, made the, the boom blast, which was Simon Neal from Biffy Clyro's signature sort of driver-esque pedal it was only available on the biffy clyro uh website that was the only place you could purchase it i think only like 250 units were were made really cool effects company gone fishing makes some really interesting unique stuff they don't seem so bound to the sort of formula that a lot of effects have fallen into these days and this this pedal is a great example of that because it's it is a a fuzz pedal in a hexagonal box. Um, it, it, it it's a huge hexagonal box. It looks absolutely fantastic, and they've only made one, which is uh, which is mm. extremely cool. So the um, uh, the 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 pedal is is available. Oh, so, I'm trying to put it concisely. So the way that you purchase this pedal is they've set up a crowdfunder and you can enter. It costs five pounds per entry, which is very reasonable. And you can buy an amount of entries for an increasing discount, essentially. And they are going to give that one pedal away to, you know, to, to someone, you know, name out of a hat kind of situation. Um, and all the money from that pedal uh, is... Um, is going towards funding a, uh, a short film um, about raising awareness about suicide, um, and I, I, I love the, the, these. the The team behind Gone Fishing Effects are excellent. I love that they're putting out something that's so important, and they're using something so original in order to fund something so important. It's it's very very cool, and. You know, I I found this, dear listeners, like scrolling through, I can't remember, Music Radar, I think, just, you know, looking at what what news come, what new has happened here. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's this pedal, read the story about the, uh, um, the, 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 the mental health issues movie that they're going to be making with the money. I was like, oh, this is fantastic. And then I read, it was like, with artwork by Jessica Jumpers. Hang on a minute, we know her. Yeah, so Jessica <laughs> Jessica Jumpers makes does all the new poly uh, not poly all the new guitar notes graphics, all of our um, our headers and everything, all the little cartoons of all of the hosts, and everything you see is Jessica Jumpers. And I have numerous pins and t shirts and whatnot from her. I love her artwork and everything yeah, that she her does. Stuff is amazing. 
Yeah, it's so unique and interesting and cool. Dear listener, I implore you to go there and check out it. In fact... In, in fact, Jess actually designed like five different T-shirts for Gitanas. I just haven't got around to the point of setting up a, a new merch store for Guitar Nerds at the moment. But she's made us some r- really lovely T-shirts in her style. Include we've got the we, we're even going to have the Got Midi T-shirt that that Matt Knight has wanted for so long. <laughs> the Got Milk but Got Midi with a Midi logo T-shirt is, is has been done and everything. So there's she's done a whole bunch of stuff for us, which I will sort out, and and she she gets a cut of all of those as well. So dear listener, it's very very well worth purchasing a Guitarhead shirt when they when they come out. But it's fantastic artwork and a really cool pedal, and it's a really cool cause. And and you know what, like. What, what's what's a fiver like it's uh that's a, a good chance to be entered into winning a very cool pedal yes absolutely um the pedal sounds unbelievable as well <laughs> we should probably talk about how it sounds yes we should yeah <laughs> yeah so do me so it just does what it says in the tin it's a really sonically extreme fuzz isn't it it's it's germanium it fuzz, is germanium right? yeah but it, yeah. it doesn't sound hyper vintagey to, to to my ear like mm-hmm. i have to say if i'd have seen the video and not known what it is i'd have called it silicon um right the, okay the, it's but the i think it was something like the um the capacitors that it's been made with are ones that didn't that were too aggressive for a previous pedal a previous fuzz pedal that um that gone fishing effects were making and so mm-hmm. they were sort of set aside for something else and so have have been used in this um but yeah it's it's a ridiculously aggressive there's a there's a video so you can hear the the demo of this pedal being played, I think it looks fantastic. And, you know, yeah, for the sake of... Uh, on, uh, There were 13 days left as we're recording it. 47 supporters so far. They've rate, they have only only need to hit a £500 target. They've hit £1,375 at the moment, but only 47 supporters. So, like, you know, a 1 in 47 chance really isn't bad, dear listener. Um, I'll pop a little link in the in the podcast description to that, but I think well worth getting involved in. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I I agree. I think it's just, you know, it's for a great cause, Mm -hmm. you know, it's for, it's, you know, like you were saying, it's, it's five pounds. That's an easy punt to help out. And I just, I really like this idea of, it's like what you can do with small boutique manufacturers for sure. Being able to do one-off things and just release them in the world, but using modern platforms that are accessible to everybody. Like, I think, yeah, it's, it's a really cool idea. I'm really into it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, do check it out, dear listener. But anyway, as I say, that's that's all the time we have on this week's episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. You can join us over on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds for an entire extra episode every week. This week, we're going to be taking a look at the Squire catalog. I know I do this every now and again, but I want... I want, to, I want to get something new and I know I'm not supposed to be spending money on guitar. So what better than to purchase a very affordable Squire? We're going to talk about that over there. You, dear listener, can become a Patreon supporter for as little as a dollar a month. At the dollar tier, you'll get this episode ad-free and early every week. Five dollars gets you access to the Patreon special episodes and our entire back catalogue. 
$10 gets you the lot, plus I'll sing you my thanks at the end of every episode. Find us on your favourite social media platforms and join the Guitar Nerds group on Facebook to get involved in our weekly episode discussions. Thank you for listening. You've been lovely. We've been the Guitar Nerds. Farewell.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.